The Yankees swept the Twins in a doubleheader on Wednesday, and we're talking about it. Plus, the series finale is tonight, and an important piece of the starting rotation is making his return. We'll talk about that and more, so get ready, because a new Locked on Yankees starts now. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastraco. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, hit the thumbs up button. We're not going to call it the like button anymore. We're calling it the thumbs up button. And click the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Abby, isn't the future amazing? You can buy a car online. Are, are the Yankees vrooming towards an ALE's title? What do you think? <laughs> I do feel a little better after this performance against the Twins. Yeah, but it's and, the Twins. But. <laughs> the Twins, like, they're cursed in the Bronx or something. I don't know what it is. Like, the the, the Twins, like, just can't win. It's, against... it's, it's strange. It's really, really, really strange. And I know I always joke about the fact that it's going to turn around at some point. But when? We're 20 years. It's 20 years. We're two decades into this madness of... No matter how bad the Yankees are, you know, they could come into this with a 25-game losing streak and still make the Twins look silly. And it's just, no matter who the personnel is, the, you know, the turnover, you know, talking about even going back to 2002 and those teams between 2002 and 2010 and the guys who were on the Twins and the Yankees just walking all over them. It's, it's crazy. The Twins are like, they could be world beaters. They could be like... Just they could be the new Dodgers and still they'd like get swept away. It's it's cursed at this point. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the twins in the playoffs. That's a beautiful ballpark that they have. I was there for the winter classic. Does that count? Like, can I check that ballpark off my list if I didn't see a baseball game there? If I was there for a hockey game? I mean, you can say you were there. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a ball game because you know i'm trying to think if people have said that oh well i saw bad bunny at yankee stadium but i've never seen a baseball game there but i was at yankee stadium <laughs> but yeah that's the thing because like I, I was thinking about it because for like a concert i don't know that i would count that as like i've been to this ballpark because it was just a concert right it wasn't a baseball game but does uh, but so a hockey game i guess wouldn't count either but i like i was you know I was all around that stadium, not even just the, the press box, because we have you have like four days of media events. They've got to test the ice. I was out on the field. I did not take part in the media skate because I um, would like to keep my dignity intact. <laughs> and I'm not a very good skater. I skater. Yeah. Um, don't ask me how I ended up in hockey. I fell ass backwards into covering the sport. And um, but it's been great. I, I enjoyed it. 
I did not take part in the media skate though, because I, unlike many hockey writers, did not come from a hockey background. Um, I was a gymnast and a cheerleader and a volleyball player. So it doesn't really lend itself to dipsy doodles on the ice. Yeah. But like I, I was in all the locker rooms and I was in like the bowels of the stadium and out on the field when it was snowing. <laughs> like that's a real Minnesota experience. I was on the field at Target Field in a snowstorm. Yeah. It was negative 10. Oof. Like that's a real Minnesota experience, but maybe not like Target Field baseball experience. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can like just put half. I could like instead of checking the box, I just shade in like half of it. Yeah, that would work. Okay. That would work. So the game was rained out Tuesday, which made the doubleheader possible yesterday. And um, because of those two days of rain and dreariness, we now have beautiful weather in New York. And it's always eerie this time of year when the weather is like this, because today's weather is basically exactly how it was September 11th, 2001. So every time this weather happens around this time of year, people get a little freaked out by that. So it's kind of like, ooh. Um, but it should be a good game tonight. We'll talk about it and we'll get into it in segment three, but Nestor Cortez is coming back. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And uh, the person who's supposed to be the Yankees ace actually pitched like an ace. Garrett Cole, big game, big pitcher, big game pitcher. Yeah. That was um, sort of a, that was the Garrett Cole experience that we have come to expect. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of strikeouts. He now has 218 on the season. <laughs> And I had made it a point to mention how many strikeouts he had during yesterday's show. And while I was watching the game, I was joking with my brother. I was keeping count of the strikeouts. And yeah, now he has 30 more to catch up to Ron Guidry, who holds the Yankees record with 248. I don't know if he gets there. But it could be close, depending on how he does in his last few starts. Um, because the one thing about Cole, and we talk about this a lot, even when he has an iffy game, he's still striking people out. Like, he could give up five runs in, you know, five innings, but he'll still strike out, like, eight people. So um, that's just the way his game is. And uh, he was looking good yesterday. He did get um, – he did surrender the one home run to Carlos Correa, but then another miracle happened. I mentioned the miracle the other day of Isaiah Kiner Falefa hitting a home run. He hit a grand slam. There's something there's, we didn't think we'd ever see. And there's been so much written about him recently about how, like, maybe he doesn't pass the eye test. You know, the uh, the analytics are, I haven't even looked at his analytics. I've just looked at some of the headlines that are, like, very down on him. Yes. And then he goes and does that and. Proves everybody wrong. I mean, not fully. He's got to. He's got to build some consistency before he really pull proves everybody wrong. But I just thought it was like such comedic timing, almost. Like there's been so many negative headlines, and and Twitter really does not like IKF right now, and people are down on him. And then he has one one shining moment. Yeah. So let's hope that there's more of them. Yeah. Actually, well, technically he had two because in the first game he tied the game in the bottom of the 12th, and then that set up Oswaldo Cabrera. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about it is in both games, IKF was third base and not shortstop because Peraza was shortstop. And it's interesting because my biggest complaint with IKF is he seems to double pump every time he gets the ball at short when he's throwing to first. 
and he looked a lot better at third. And we always talk about how when a guy is comfortable in the field, yeah. it usually makes it so he's comfortable at the plate. And uh, if we're doing this again, Yankees, where we realize in September, hey, maybe this guy is better at this position. And with DJ LeMahieu's toe, who knows what's yeah, going on with that? This could be a thing that actually helps them down the stretch. You know, I asked Terry Collins once, what's so difficult about finding a third baseman? Because if you look around the league, the good teams tend to have quality third baseman and the Mets for so long had David Wright, but then they were like kind of holding that position open and waiting for him to come back. He was never able to come back. I was asking Terry about it one day. I said, you know, why is it so difficult to find a quality third baseman? And he said, first of all, it has to be a run. It's a run producing position. You need your third baseman to produce runs offensively, but defensively, he was going and he like gave me a full breakdown of like how a third baseman should be built. It's actually tougher on your legs than it is to play shortstop. Yeah. You might need a little bit more range to play shortstop, but like you need better footwork around third base. It's tougher on your back because you're bent over a little bit more. Um, you see third basemen tend to be a little bit thicker um, in their legs because of this. And I got a really good answer from Terry, but like, in the end, it was like he broke down the position for me and he's, you know, he talked about how shortstops do this well and second basemen do this well and first basemen do this well. But it's really tough to find all of that and put that to, in, together with the need for production in the order. It's difficult to find a, a really high quality third baseman. Right. And I said, who, you know, how would you build one if you could? And it was like a fun conversation that in the end, he kind of just looked at me and he was like, man, it would be nice to have a good third baseman right now. Like <laughs> at that point, they were so the Mets were so depleted that they were using um, like the next day they had like Travis Darno at third base, the catcher, because it was they, they just had so many injuries. It was the end of the season. And when you have somebody who's playing well at third you do everything you can to can get him to continue to play well at third. It's almost like third base becomes such a crucial piece of the puzzle that you want to do whatever you can to foster production offensively and defensively. So if this is what it takes to get IKF going, Hey, let's, let's roll with it. Yeah. Now in a moment, we'll continue this conversation and talk about the double header yesterday and the different um, stars, so to speak of the double header, um, specifically the fact that the Yankees lineup is depleted because of all the injuries and uh, Josh Donaldson being on paternity leave. And, you know, the Twins were beaten basically by a minor league team. And we'll talk about that in a second. But first, summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer, but this breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at the fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. 
The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? It's time to get off the couch and back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, head to bluechew.com. They say there's nothing sexier than confidence and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. I got so distracted by the live read. What were we talking about? Oh, right, the Yankees. You know what, though? I'm sorry. Listeners, if, if there is a listener out there who is a copywriter, please take note of that copy because that was phenomenally punny <laughs> like the puns in like the the innuendos yeah i like kudos to the copywriters for that ad yeah and listeners out there if you're trying to get into a career in copywriting like please go back and listen to that ad because that was some fantastic punning <laughs> look at me look at how bright red i am god okay so I alluded to the fact that yesterday's lineups were, it, I joked before game one, okay, I said, is Aaron Boone feeling bad for the Twins and punting this game? Because this lineup is ridiculously bad. And I know yeah. there are injuries, but when you looked at the lineup, your first thought was, oh God, how much are they going to lose by? Because Aaron Judge is basically like the only one who's consistently Again. hitting all year, you know? The lineup didn't matter. It didn't matter that the Yankees had a bunch of minor leaguers in the lineup and Aaron Judge. They still won both games. Well, I mean, they're also kind of facing a roster crunch. Well, it's September. It's tough because some of the guys you want to give some of your like better prospects a chance to get some major league time and time up with the team. But at the same time, like you don't want you need to make sure that some of them are ready. And there's probably some guys who could have contributed that are maybe not up right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the development path that they're going to take. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it would have mattered yesterday. I, I think it's September. You do have to sort of roll with, you have to roll with who you have. And at, at this point, like, Guys are kind of beat up and they might need a break anyway. Like we've seen some injuries and then Josh Donaldson on the paternity list. But, you know, regardless of those injuries, we probably would have been seeing some of these, um, you know, some of these filler players. I don't want to call them fillers. They're probably the future of the team. But right. let's be honest, not everybody who's on a 40 man always hits. So um, it, we would be seeing some of these 40 man guys regardless this month. Yeah. Um, 
there is still enough of a cushion in the division that Boone can rest guys a little bit, not a ton, but he can give them a few at bats off or give them, you know, a few innings off in the outfield or something like that and use some of these guys. So like, I think regardless, we would be seeing these faces anyway. I just don't think we expected to see this many, right? They are still trying to dig themselves out of, you know, whatever this hole is that they've been playing in for the last since July, basically. Yeah. I just don't think we expected to see like an entire lineup consisting of them. Yes. Um, You know, you look at the lineup from the first game. Now, Oswaldo Cabrera has been up for a few weeks, but he leads off Judge Torres. Guzman came in. He they stuck him at first. Andujar, Kiner Falefa at third. Florial in center. Higashioka at catcher. No offense to him, but, you know, he's batting 191 and Peraza at short Peraza was three for five. He got a thing going now because, you know, he started off 0 for seven and now he's hitting, you know, his last few games against the twins. He's been hitting consistently and you're seeing what you're getting from that um, young prospect. And uh, it's exciting to see guys like that contributing um, to the game. But it was just, I really thought that, I said, okay, twins, here you go. Here's a game for you on a platter. You're welcome. And when they went up 3 nothing, I thought, this might be the game for the twins. This might actually be it. Then Judge hits his 55th home run. And it was more like a Stanton home run because it wasn't like a high-arcing 450-foot home run. It barely cleared the fence. It was more like a live a line drive. And I was really like, wow, is Stanton back? No, he's not. He's still hurt. Um And then, as I said, before we started recording, I told Abby about yesterday's show and how I was watching the game as I was recording. And I made the joke about the lineup being Aaron Judge and a bunch of minor leaguers. No offense to Gleyber Torres, Isaiah Kinder-Falefa, and Higashioka. And then Gleyber Torres shut me up and tied the game with a Mm -hmm. 407-foot home run. And, um, you know, at that point, I thought, poor twins. (laughs) And twin fans were probably sitting there going, you know, we knew this was going to happen. How I was talking about how the shoe was going to drop at some point this season. You know, Twins fans were watching the game and thinking, 3 nothing is enough. They, they have to go up at least 9 nothing for us to have any chance of winning this game. <laughs> and that's just the way it is with the Yankees and the Twins. It's... Can't even explain it. We'll it's, see what happens tonight. Yeah. Don't, don't be surprised if the Yankees actually lose tonight because it's hard to sweep a four-game series. It really is. People are always like, how could they not sweep a four-gamer? It's not that easy to do. I know it's been done. I know the Yankees have done it. Um, you know, there was that one year in uh, 09. They swept the Red Sox in a four-gamer in August when I declared that the Yankees were going to win the World Series. But it's not easy to do that to any team, no matter how you play against them. And tonight's matchup is interesting. Um, Sonny Gray, Nestor Cortez. Again, we'll get into that in a second um, because we have to talk about the Sonny Gray thing, how he's a former Yankee coming back to play. You know, Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez playing against the Yankees um, in Yankee Stadium. And, um, you know, Sanchez hit that 473-foot home run the other night. And I was like, wow, that's... um, that felt like a Gary Sanchez against the Orioles home run. And it was just weird to see him do that in a twins uniform. And um, I always like the storylines like that, you know, the former players come back and let's see how they do at Yankee stadium. And 
Um, you know, Geo made one of his patented running into foul territory, throwing across his body all the way to first <laughs> play and made it. And, you know, so that was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's one, I think the Yankees are 113 and 39 now against the Twins in the last 20 years, including the playoffs. And a lot of people on Twitter were joking, I didn't even know the Twins won that many games. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of 113 against 39, that's a big discrepancy. And as we said earlier in the show, the Twins were, they're not bad teams for this entire time. I mean, there were plenty of good teams, especially in the 2000s with the Morneaux and the Mowers and Johan yeah. Santana. And there were um, a few of those wins, a few of those 39 wins were from Johan's, you know, prime when he was with the Twins, at least five or six of them. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just really funny. I always think of that Joe Biden screaming Minnesota video because uh, when they were talking about how I think there was that idea that the number one team can pick their opponent or something. And someone was like, you know, oh, the Yankees picking the twins. And it was him screaming Minnesota, because, of course, the Yankees would want to play it against the twins. They'd beat them all the time. So <laughs> that's that's always my first thought when I think of that. But yeah, tonight, the final game of the series between the twins and the Yankees. And it is Nestor Cortez coming back from his injury. Yes, he was just reinstated. Um Yankees just sent out some roster moves. Nestor Cortez was just reinstated from the 15-day DL. DJ LeMahieu put on the 10-day injured list, retroactive to September 5th with the right toe inflammation. And Miguel Andujar was recalled from AAA. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because they had sent him down, and now he's back. Like, they... They probably shouldn't have done that, but I know why they did, because they had the other moves that they had to make after the doubleheader ended. Um, you know, Nestor seemed fine. You could see him in the dugout. He was fine. It's, it's one, it was one of those phantom IL things where they're like, yeah, he needs to not pitch. So we're going to say, hey, he hurt his groin all of a sudden. We have no idea how it happened. Um, there was a moment during the – which game was it? I think it was the second game. Nestor, Judge – and Torres were in the dugout talking. Nestor was covering his mouth with his hoodie to hide what he was saying. Glaber was making hand gestures, joking about how the Yankees should pay judge. And he was looking directly at the camera doing it. It was very subtle, but, and very quick, but people caught it, you know, in a GIF and um, on video. And it was just really funny. And I like to see the relationship that these guys have. You know, Glaber hits that game tying home run judge and him do their little dugout dance and then judge had him look at the camera and he did like the symbol for love and i was just like they can't have they can't have aaron judge leave next year <laughs> i spoke about it yesterday yelling at hal and randy levine and brian cashman and saying it would be a disaster if you let judge walk don't do it i don't want to hear this bs of oh well we tried and every, it's it's just like as much as Aaron Judge said, I don't want to negotiate during the season. I don't want to be a distraction to my team. It's still in the back of everybody's mind. Like every, I've been asked about it so many times. Like, is Judge coming back? Do you think Judge is coming back? And it's like, that's all anybody wants to know. It's right. just, it's still, it's been hanging over this team all season. 
And every athlete says he doesn't want to be a distraction for his team. Or at least, okay, let me put the, the good character guys, can, at least, right. will say that they don't want to be a distraction for their team. Because there are plenty that are a distraction for their team and actually like sort of like the attention, even if they say that they don't, they kind of do. A-Rod. And what? A-Rod. A-Rod, exactly. Yeah. So Aaron Judge not wanting to be a distraction, I get that. But like, there's no way around this. That's like, this is... The only two questions that everybody wants to know, like sh- that, that at least like matter right now, are the Yankees going to hang on to be able to win the division, and is Aaron Judge coming back? Yep. Uh, yeah, there's lots of other questions. Is IKF really the shortstop that they're going to roll with? Is you know how legit are these other shortstops that they have in the system? Um, what are they? Gonna, there's lots of other questions facing this team. Aaron Hicks, he is he ever going to be the player that? The Yankees thought he was going to be. What are they going to, you know, is Harrison Bader coming back? None of those matter. Right. As much as Judge. Right. It's true. In the middle of a, of a pennant chase. That's still what everybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. So the finale tonight, Sonny Gray returning to Yankee Stadium as a twin. Uh, he's 7-4 and four with a 3.10 ERA, 101 strikeouts on the season and that is in 104 and two-third innings and Nestor Cortez coming back and he is nine nine and four with a 2.68 ERA he has 133 strikeouts in 131 innings on the nose and um yeah it's good just to have him back in the rotation but let's be real the pitching hasn't been the problem (laughs) Of late, the pitching's been fine. It's been the offense that's been the problem. Now, speaking of that, lineups are out. Hicks, Judge, Torres, IKF, Marwin Gonzalez, Andujar, Florial, Higashioka, and Peraza playing short. Garlic, Correa, Miranda, Urshela, Sanchez, Celestino, Palacios. Not sure who that is. Nick Gordon and Billy Hamilton will be playing left field as for matchups the minnesota batters against nestor cortez haven't faced him a lot a lot of fours a couple of twos no one has hit a home run against him and only jose miranda and geo urshela have runs batted in against him and the yankees haven't really faced sunny gray either aaron hicks has the largest amount of at bats it's only six and he does not have a single solitary hit against (laughs) sunny gray and uh giancarlo stanton who isn't in the lineup has faced sunny gray four times and he's batting 400 so yeah this is kind of like one of those games where it could go either way because both lineups don't have a lot of experience with either pitcher or it could be one of those games where both pitchers are pitching well into the seventh inning and neither team has done anything. So it could be that kind of a matchup tonight. And it'll be interesting to see if the Yankees can pull off the sweep or if the twins can finally say, we beat the Yankees. <laughs> the poor twins. I feel bad for them. Not really, but I, you know. Well, um, but you know, if the Yankees can get this fourth win today, then they go, that gives them a lot of momentum and a lot, and hopefully some confidence going into a series against the Rays and then they play Boston and and look, Boston's bad, but like you, that's still, it's always, there's always a lot of attention on that. And there's like the storylines that they don't like, like the fact that they haven't been winning a lot right now, 
are going to get brought up because of national games and things like that. So like they're regardless, yeah, Boston's bad, but there's just always a lot of attention and a lot of like hoopla surrounding Yankees Red Sox games. Always. So, you know, if they can get some momentum going against the Rays and that bodes well for a couple games against Boston and and then hey, look, then the war you can start to like unclench your fists, Stacy. Yeah. Well, now I will say at the beginning of the show, you asked how I'm feeling about this. It wasn't like they were killed against the Rays in Tropicana Field. Like that nine nothing game was a weird one because they were only up. They were up two nothing. And then every the, you know, the bullpen fell apart. And then both games were two one two one. And I feel like this could be the reverse of what happened with the Mets, where the Mets won the two games in City Field. And then they came to Yankee Stadium and the Yankees looked a lot better at home. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be the same type of situation. I don't see a sweep in either direction, but I don't see the Yankees being beaten up by the Rays. I feel like this series might actually help them a bit, even though I know it's the Twins. It might actually help them coming into that series against the Rays. But next week is strange because you do have that series with the Red Sox up in Fenway, but it's only two games. They're off Monday, then they're off Wednesday, and then they're playing Milwaukee, I believe, is after Boston. And it's just like, why are there two off days Right. So I don't understand the schedule making. I really don't. Um, I mean, it's good for the guys who are injured and banged up and feeling like they need to rest. I mean, Aaron Judge has been carrying this team on his shoulders for two months, so he'll need those two off days. Um, (laughs) And I'm surprised we didn't see him off at all during the series against the Twins. But with everyone else right now falling down and Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really no you can't justify setting him right now, even if it is the Twins. Yep. Because yeah. um, I think you know by then after that Boston series they might Milwaukee might be dead in the water by then. Right. Milwaukee's four games behind in the wild card race. They're four and six in their last set. Like Milwaukee's been struggling this year. Yeah. So by then they might be see they might be getting a Milwaukee team that's that's not in contention that can play their minor leaguers and yeah. you know hey like let's see what happens if they get this one win tonight and if see if that builds some momentum. Yep. The key for the Yankees, winning series. They don't have to sweep them. They just have to win them. And, you know, this is the last time they face the Rays head-to-head this weekend um, until a possible, you never know, playoff matchup at some point, because who knows. Um, So this is the Rays' last stand for them to really gain ground on the Yankees head-to-head. And the Yankees, you know, I'm sure they realize it, and they know that they need to not do bad. We'll have a preview of that on um, tomorrow's show. We'll go through the matchups um, as, you know, if they're there. Because, uh, you know, this series, when I was trying to preview it, we had TBDs for the last two games. And I'm like, great. We have no idea who's pitching. Wonderful. <laughs> and then the rainout happened, and that kind of helped. So, <laughs> so yeah, tomorrow's show, reaction to tonight's game, whatever happens. And uh, we'll preview the Rays. We'll talk about anything else that happens, you know, any other injuries that pop up because it's the Yankees and – we know all about the injuries popping up with the Yankees. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up, comment, and click on the bell so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to us, 
make your second listen of the day, the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate this podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Thursday, and we will talk to you tomorrow.